Thanks for downloading UWR Alumni Voices, the inside scoop for racing interviews. Those in the market for a new job know there are a lot of tips out there on how to do well in interviews and some of them are a little conflicting. The truth is, while they may ask about it in different ways, most employers want to hear the same things. This panel features the employers themselves talking about how you can best prepare for interviews and the most important piece of information you need in advance. Hey, good afternoon. How is everybody? A nod for good? Yes? <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, my name is Nisha Seth. Um, I'm a graduate um, from 2009 and I completed the Masters um, in Industrial and Organisational Psychology here at UWA. Um, I'm now an organisational psychologist, I'm a presenter for Foxtel Aurora's The Couch, a lifestyle show. So if you've ever seen Hey Hey It's Saturday, it's that type of show where you have cooking segments and interview health professionals and so forth. Um, and then the, uh, the president of the United Nations Young Professionals Committee as well. So actively recruiting in that space. So if anyone's interested, sorry for that little ploy at the start. <laughs> but what we are here for today is extremely exciting. We are here for the inside scoop for acing interviews. Very, very important topic. And we've got an expert panel. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> so what I will do is I'll do a short introduction. We have to, my, uh, to your left, Kathleen Franklin. Kathleen um, has completed her Bachelor of Science in 88 and PhD and Grad Dip Ed as well. Uh, she currently is a career development consultant at Curtin University. Welcome to the panel. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, I'm looking forward to helping you feel more confident. Fantastic, thank you. And sitting next to her is Cassie Taylor. She's completed a Bachelor of Arts, a Bachelor of Commerce um, in 2014. She's a compliance manager and works for Polita Central Services Group. Did I pronounce that right, Cassie? Yes, you did. Good job. <laughs> Welcome to the panel. <laughs> thank you, and I look forward to sharing any knowledge I have with you guys. And extremely exciting to have a uh, sporting-related professional with us, Mark Lane who's completed his um, bachelor's degree in education as well and he's a chief executive officer for Surfing Western Australia. That sounds like a very cool job. You're going to be very popular today. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I love, love the beach and I've managed to uh, forge a career where I still get to go to the beach every day. But I do hope some of my experience in interviewing people, I can give you some of my little tricks that I use and um, don't be shy to ask questions, but thanks for having us. Fantastic. Well, let's get straight into those questions. Um, so just as a starting point, um, we need to start, I think, inwardly before we interview. We need to know ourselves, right? So I would like to ask our panel and feel free, whoever would like to go first, but what are the things you look for in a candidate? And what makes a person really stand out the moment they walk into that room? Who would like to take that? <laughs> I'll start then, because you looked at me, Kathleen. Um, <laughs> So if you if you've gotten to the interview stage, we're pr pretty confident you can do the job. We know you have level of skills and experience to do the job. So really, this is the point where we want to know who you are. We want to know if you're going to fit it with our culture and with our team, and we want to see what value you're going to bring to the organisation. Because normally. Um, in your cover letter or on your resume, you're talking about all the things you can do. Now's your opportunity to say, here's what I can do for you specifically. Um, and in terms of what I notice when they first walk into the room, I 
I'm a big advocate for a proper handshake. Um, so, um, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Um, so, I think that's the first biggest thing. And if that's all you take away from today, like learn a good proper handshake that's not dominant, not floppy, um, but assertive and a positive experience. And preferably with a nice smile. Oh, yes, so absolutely. Eye, eye contact and smile, I think, are really, really important. We know you're nervous. We're there to try and get the best out of you during that interview. And so we, we know you can do the job. You should be able to walk in with confidence. The will, are you interested in the job? Do you have the passion, the interest, the knowledge, the understanding? And then the fit. Will I like you? Will my team like you? Will, be, will you be easy to manage? And will you fit well within the organisation? So that's what we're exploring at interview. So the key thing is be you, because that's what we're trying to understand. And just picking up on a couple of those points, really, when, when you get to the last two, three or four, um, you've clearly got the skill set to get that far, so you've done well. But then the next step is, is, is you need to remember we're actually employing you as the person because we're probably going to have to spend 40 or 50 hours a week looking at each other, conversing and doing all those things. I think that the fact that if you can um, come across as a person, as a pleasant person, as other ladies have said, that's a real biggie. The wet fish, the handshake, we call it, the real soft one, is probably not a real sign of a, of a strong character in my, um, my experience. So look people in the eyes when you um, communicate with them, do smile and also understand that when we're interviewing you we're probably a bit nervous as well, just like we are right now. So um, <laughs> you know don't be thinking, don't, don't go getting all weird on us because you're feeling a bit nervous, that's part and parcel. All, all good points and being a psychologist I can't help but pipe in to say then transference happens, right? So you know when you're nervous someone else gets more nervous and it's actually physical energy, it's not just mental. So all really good points. I'm going to jump or swing the pendulum rather to the other end now and ask the panel, what brings up red flags for you in an interview? Really intrigued by the answer for this one. So are there words or phrases perhaps that you watch out for or anything that puts you off? For me, it's around using appropriate language and we need to be culturally aware as much as you are as well. And so we recognise that there are cultural differences, but it is about using the right language. So trying to use the right terms and phrases that recognise that you are, you know, you really do understand your industry, that you did write your own resume. That's usually, <laughs> it's usually a big issue if you suddenly go ask a question and you find, you, you find that there's no resonance. So really what we're doing is we're checking to make sure that what you said you can do, you can do. And the other red flag I think is the, when you look away a lot, because you're starting to think that, well, are they genuine? So it is about trying to be as genuine as possible. I look at body language as much as I do listen to what's being said, because if, if there's nuances or differences between that, I'm likely to explore that further. And could I just ask, apologies, is there a way we can practice that? So how do you know what you look like? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. So there's lots of really great video um, options now online that are free for you to actually record yourself um, and actually review what, what you look like. And it's really important. I'm a bobblehead. <laughs> it's not a great thing, but I do know that when I'm listening, I nod. So it's something I do control. I also talk with my hands, so I control my hands at interview. I'll clasp them and I'll use them still. So it is important to have that self-awareness. Or get somebody else to observe you and, and let you know. Have a mock interview with a careers person or a senior colleague. Wonderful. Thank you. Cassie, what about yourself? Uh, so when we prepared for this panel, we had a, a big chat around this one and I have actually been interviewing this week, so this is fresh on my mind at the moment of what someone did in an interview and I was so turned off straight away that this person was never going to get the job, no matter how, who they were in any other sense. So I'm going to tell you about this interview I did. So it was for a finance position. And in the interview, I had myself and the finance manager. And keeping in mind, this is an entry-level finance. This is grads straight out of uni we were looking for. Um, and one of my really common interview questions is, where do you see yourself in two years? And I can tell you how to answer that question well later. I can tell you this person didn't answer the question well is they told me and the finance manager to their face that they expect to be the finance manager in two years. <laughs> and I am all for showing ambition. I am all for showing that you have an interest in growth. I think that's really important. But the way you say, and this is what Kathleen was talking about as well, the way you use your language and the way you convey that message can give a very different option. So saying, I expect to be taking your job in two years, probably not the best thing to say in an interview, saying, I really am looking for a place where I can grow and learn from a mentor, and if the opportunity comes up, I would like to progress, you're saying the same thing, but you're actually not threatening someone's job who's interviewing you that day. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Cassie. <laughs> Over to you, Mark. What about yourself? Um, probably the biggest red flag for me comes when you don't actually answer the question. Um, that's kind of 101 in interviewing. If you ask a question, really try and be present to answer the question as opposed to giving an answer that you think they might want to hear. Um, and Nisha, probably my other big one, I, <clears throat> I also like to, what, what gives me in an interview process if I like words. Words are one thing and behaviours are the other. Um, I like to get the connection between both. So if your words aren't sort of meeting your behaviours and just picking up on what the ladies were saying, if you're asked a question, don't be afraid to let that passion come out because you'll sort of feel that. But if you're saying one thing and acting differently, that does something weird in my head. So we sort of, <laughs> we, don't, we don't kind of get a connection. I, I hope that has made sense. Um, it has at some true words from a genuine and authentic person, Mark. Absolutely, <laughs> actions and words are, are very important to align. Um, and that brings us really nicely to our next question. In terms of research and preparation, what sort of research and preparation should candidates do prior to an interview? And do you have any tips or ideas um, about how, that, you know, how you would do that in preparation? For me, I think it's really, really important. So you need to understand the organisation, you need to understand their culture, 
you need to understand their priorities, preferably trying to anticipate um, what might be the questions asked around the business, but also more importantly, what, what the business looks like moving forward if you're going into a, into a, a corporate or a, uh, even small to medium businesses, you need to understand their world. The more you can do that, the more preparation you can do, the better it will be. Because it's showing, you're showing interest in me or my company or my role and it's also important to find out as much as you can about the individuals who are interviewing you, if you can. Because if you can connect with them on a different level, so absolutely publicly look at them on places like LinkedIn, Google them, find out what you can do. Uh, anything you can find out about them would be a real advantage. And think of some smart questions to ask them that actually helps you understand the research better. Wonderful, and make sure your LinkedIn profile is good as well. That's another point. Because <laughs> we'll look. I think that's really important that I'm sure you're all aware we're going to stalk you. We're going to go look at your Facebook profile, at your LinkedIn profile if you have one, which you should. If you have any other forms of social media, media we're going to find it because we have <laughs> IT teams who can yeah. find these things for us. Um, so there's, you should be doing the same level of research going in. So I always check before I interview who's viewed my LinkedIn profile in the past week. And then I can see if the candidate who I'm interviewing has done the research to learn a bit about me beforehand. Um, I also say read the news of the industry you're um, interviewing for. So if you're interviewing for construction, which I'll speak to because that's where I work, They've just put in a, I've forgotten the number now, I clearly haven't done my research, but the government's just approved billions of dollars for infrastructure development in the next four years. And I would expect you to know that if you're coming into an interview with me. Um, same, like, it'll be the same for other industries. Find out what's the news, what's the hot topic of the time, even if it's something that you think is really easy to find, that everyone can find, you'll find not many people put in the effort to research before their interview. So it's something that will really help you to stand out. Thank you. Yeah, and research is critical. Um, one of my little tricks I like to use is I generally lead with why do you think you would like to work for us and with our organisation? And then I'll actually look for that connection uh, that we talked about a little earlier. But then I'll ask you, are you aware of what we do, all the things that we do? Now, sometimes someone may be hugely passionate about why they would be good for the job, but actually not have a clue about what your organisation does. I just had that recently. Uh, a guy was absolutely had a... The surfing we, WA. They yes, didn't know. <laughs> they well, they weren't aware of all the all the things that we did. They thought we were just a um, events-based company, but clearly we're not. And so, whilst I was hugely impressed with that first answer about why they would be good, when they couldn't tell me all the things that we did, I thought, well, you know, you've probably put a red line through your name already. The other thing is to just looking down here is that. Um, about the strengths and weaknesses, just picking up on that. That's another little thing that I like to ask people. Let me know your strengths and your weaknesses. Don't be afraid of pushing up your weaknesses, but probably refer to them as things that I could improve on um, would be probably a little tip for that one. Exactly. That's exactly how that question needs to be answered. There's the most common interview questions are so Googleable. We We all 
do it as well. We Google our own interview questions, so there's no reason you guys can't do the same. Um, and if you know what is my strength, um, what am, if I was put up with a difficult situation, how would I respond to that? What is my weakness? Um, i trying to think of other really common ones. But these type of ones, if you already have your answer prepared for that, it's going to make you feel so much more calmer when you get to that actual interview situation. And keep in mind, we're trying to make you feel comfortable, a good interviewer, and not everybody's a good interviewer, and that's okay. We're not all trained to interview. However, a good interviewer will be trying to make you comfortable. So that very first question, tell me about yourself, that's your opportunity to reintroduce yourself. Reintroduce yourself as the professional you are becoming and think of yourself in role. And you should have confidence around that. And we do that for two reasons. One, you should know yourself. Two, it helps recreate context for us because you don't know how many people we've been interviewing for the day. Um, and three, it should be something that should relax you. So it allows us to hopefully then create that connection. We'll make a connection within 30 seconds of meeting you. We're then checking out what that connection really is. And so use all of those questions as your opportunity to shine and be, and again, I know it's really hard and we know you're nervous, but be yourself because you're going to be yourself when we employ you. So it's easier for you, it's easier for us, and you should be interviewing us as much as we are interviewing you. Wonderful. Thank you. I hope everyone's writing this down or it might be taped. <laughs> um, also have a look up Simon Sinek, if anyone said... Yeah, so he talks about the why and he uses that great example um, around Apple and how they develop their products with the why. But I, I use it quite a bit with clients. I think it's really important to know your why to your point as well. Now we're going to move on to a very interesting question and I think we've sort of touched on it um, briefly, but how can candidates present themselves to their best advantage and how important is behaviour and personality? We'll start with those two. Well. Uh Behaviour and pers we sort of touched on it a little earlier. Behaviour and personality is pretty critical. You'll find in smaller organisations of say up to ten people, that behaviour and personality is probably even more critical than it is in organisations that have a hundred plus employees. Why? Because you're going to be working really, really closely with all the people around you all of the time. So clearly you need to have a, you know, I would certainly employ a, a pleasant, easygoing personality as opposed to a, a person who's bossy and domineering because they tend to disrupt the rest of the employees. <laughs> However, they may, there may be occasions where the role that we're advertising for does demand someone that is a little more dominant. And so don't be afraid to allow that to come out of your personality in a not in a, like in a nice assertive way um, that can still get your way, but in a, in a kind of cool, groovy way. That's important. <laughs> so I think that's a really important part you said, Mark, is certain jobs require certain personalities. And that's not saying everyone can't do every type of job, but if you're going into finance or engineering, you really need to be a details-oriented person. Like, that's kind of what you need to do to be able to succeed in that job. Um, same if you're going into marketing or sales, you probably need to be a more talkative, um, bubbly person. So I, and I know lots of other companies do, I profile everyone before they come into my organisation. And it's not necessarily to say you won't get the job if you're the, not the right personality, um, but it's more I want to know where they sit 
in my team and I want to know what, are, what I expect to be their strengths and weaknesses coming into the job. So I think it's very important for all of you to get yourselves personality profiled. Which one you use doesn't really matter, they're all kind of the same. Um, but if you know I am a very dominant person, or I'm, uh, I use DISC, so I'm going to relate to that, or I'm a very influential person, or I'm a very conscientious person, then you can look at the job you're applying for and then show how your strengths in your personality lean into that job. So again, we're looking at how you as a person fits the role rather than I have done six years of Excel, so I'm, I'd be great as a finance person. I'd like to build on that just for a moment too and keep in mind diversity of teams is really important. So there are some organisations where the managers will hire like, so they will have a particular personality profile that they prefer because that's easier for them to manage because they're just like them. Mm -hmm. Then there are other people who are actually quite happy to have diverse teams. And so I have had diverse teams where we've actually celebrated those differences and it has empowered us as a team to perform better because we actually approach things from a different way. So don't be, don't be discouraged if you are different to the majority of the profiles in that kind of role. So then find out what your strength would be or what balance you could add to the team as a consequence. So for example, in sales, introverts can be really good salespeople. They just have a very different style. And what it means in a meeting for us, an introvert, when all the extroverts need to shut up and listen, because by the time they're ready to say something, they know what they want to say, and it's usually some gold. So keep that in mind. Own, own your strengths, own your stretches or your weaknesses, own your personality, and work out how that's an advantage. Wonderful, thank you. Can I just add one, one little bit to that? Um, if you are a particular type of person, if you're a little bit weird, a little bit different, a little bit of something... Oh, very descriptive words, Mark. <laughs> I, I actually don't mind that, but provided that you're consistently weird or you're consistently this or that, because I think consistency in a personality and certainly consistency in the workplace is really important. You don't want the people that are redlining and then back to nearly asleep you, you don't like that is that is really quite disruptive so go with what you got and be consistent would be my tip wonderful thank you mark and i was laughing but i totally agreed with you because yeah. i think um how you differentiate yourself sometimes is you talk about not just what you've done for work but that's not all that makes you you like you all do other things i'm sure you have sport activities you have different friends, that different countries you've been to. Don't be afraid, I think, to paint a picture of yourself at the start um, so that the interviewer can feel like they've got someone who's really passionate and they'll remember you, it sounds like, from what the panel is saying. So let's, I'm mindful of time and there's so much passion on the stage and in the room and I want, there's so much to talk about, but let's move more into the practical. Um, I think we've covered some of this, but tips and tricks for interview protocols. Should candidates shake hands, accept glasses of water, maintain eye contact? What would you individually um, recommend for our team out here to focus on? I have a st such strong opinion on this always accept the water. I, I don't care if you're thirsty or not, always <laughs> accept the water. And I'll tell you why. Because someone's gonna be a really good interviewer one day and they're gonna completely stump you. 
you're going to have no idea how to answer that question, no matter how good you are, because they're going to find some curveball thing after they've been Googling for two hours and they went, you know what, this is going to really separate people, this question. Is this you, Cassie? Absolutely. (laughs) You know what's going to happen if you come interview for me one day. Um, (laughs) But there's always going to be a question that you feel a bit flustered or you're not... The answer doesn't come immediately to you. Then you drink your glass of water and you have that extra five seconds, ten seconds. Maybe you drink the whole glass of water and you have 30 seconds. (laughs) Would that be weird, Mark? (laughs) That's weird, but as long as as she's asked for another glass of water... Buys you some more time. (laughs) It it gives you a chance to relax yourself. It gives you a chance to collect your thoughts. And you're not just sitting there awkwardly silent for a bit because everyone's like, oh, they're just drinking the water. Obviously, they can't talk right now. Always accept the water. Wonderful. How about yourself, Kathleen? I'd say pretty much the same. So always accept the water. Always, Yes, you do need the handshake. Um, particularly in particular industries, it's really, really important. Um, the eye contact is so much, uh, so important. But the other thing to keep in mind, though, when, when it comes to drinking the water is you could just say, oh, that's a really interesting question. Because then you look like you're thinking, (laughs) even though you're going, oh my gosh, I have no idea. And there are some strange questions out there. So I had someone share with me recently, she interviewed for two roles um, and she chose one company over the other on the basis of the interview questions. And she just really liked the fun feel of the company. And they actually asked her, what type of wine would you be and why? So it was a really creative one. (laughs) Stealing that, yes. What's the name of that company? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they sound like they'd be good to work for, don't they? (laughs) Mark, how about yourself? Do you have anything to add there? Um, I think it's important that if sometimes in an interview process you're going to have perhaps two or three people doing that interview. So I think it's important to give perhaps the most amount of time to the person that asked the question. And then, but also don't count the other, like you need to look around the room. You still need to communicate with people. So that would be my, my tip. Certainly the handshake's good, but just make sure that as long as you're natural going into it and you're consistent to bring that in again, that will that'll draw a good connection. I just had one thing to add too, in that panel interviews are hard, so you do need to try and smile and involve the other panel members as well, But and so you've got to find that medium balance. The other thing, keep in mind group interviews, they can be really uncomfortable for you as a candidate, because you've got us wandering around observing you. And we really just kind of need you to try and be as much you as possible because it is really we're looking at teamwork and collaboration and what kind of skill set that you're demonstrating in that environment. So you need to try and engage to the level you would normally engage, even though it's really uncomfortable. And we will often play with the groups and we'll pull people out and we'll have a chat with them elsewhere to see if they then flex. So if they've been dominant in the group, it gives the rest of the group time, but we can then put them to a different task and and explore can they collaborate in a softer way, etc. So we're looking for those interactions. I have led a sheltered life listening to that. That sounds sounds gnarly, that one. And now we come to the spicy and the final part of our panel (laughs) questioning is what is the most important piece of advice that you would all provide our future leaders um, in front of us here? And what is the secret to acing an interview? I feel very dorky saying that, but (laughs) acing an interview. (laughs) Go, Kathleen, you're first. Right, acing an interview. Um, I think practice, prepare and be yourself. 
And remember, you're being interviewed from the moment you enter that organization, so be nice to everybody, That especially the receptionist. I've even heard of some companies that watch you from the car park, so just keep in mind. Damn it, you stole mine. Oh, sorry. So, so I actually asked my receptionist after every interview what did they think of that person. Um, and for senior roles, my CEO sits as the receptionist because nobody knows. And then we really see what they're like. So always be nice to the receptionist. The other, I think the same, prepare. You should be doing like a minimum of two hours preparation before an interview. Like, you can't just Google the company for five minutes and expect to ace it. They're the same amount as if you were doing a job. You need to prepare for weeks to get that one-hour project meeting off the ground. You need to prepare for hours to get that interview off the ground. Uh, and my tips are first impressions are pretty powerful, so do make sure that you dress appropriately. That sounds pretty basic, but... Um, there's different types of roles, some executives, some are a little more casual, certainly where we're from. So do dress appropriately. Do your homework. That would be the real, real big one. It's amazing how many people will get to that stage and haven't got a lot of knowledge. And be yourself. Just go with what you got because you're, you're good enough to have got that far. So just remember that and good luck. Lovely. Thank you, Mark. I think that authenticity is a, a common theme amongst the, the panel's advice today. Um, what I'd like to do now is um, open up questions to the floor. And um, drink the water. And <laughs> So um, do I have anyone who has a question? So when you are, um, ask the question, if you've got a specific panel member, let me know. Otherwise, um, we can just choose, pick and choose. This gentleman here, Fez. My question is pertaining more to online interviews. I was wondering if you have any specific advice when it comes to conducting an online interview where there's no other individual on the other side of the screen. And how can I be more natural when conducting these interviews? Uh, I conduct a lot of online interviews. And the thing I always say to my friends who ask me this question is, you've got you and your computer, have someone else standing behind the computer. So one, you're making sure you're always looking up because you're if that person is right near the webcam, it looks like you're looking at the webcam. Um, and then it also just opens you up a bit because it feels like you're talking to an actual person. Wonderful. Anything to add, guys? Um, maybe even practice. Um, so, so often you'll get a practice go before you actually go ahead um, with the rest of it. But do keep in mind that you could probably practice elsewhere. So, and then play it back and go, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not looking well enough at the camera. Make sure you also have good lighting. Make sure all the technology works. I helped my husband set one up recently and I was sitting with him and it's just like, no, you need to do this. <laughs> you need to sell yourself. They might not have written, they might not read your personal statement, but I submitted that. This is your opportunity to state your personal statement. <laughs> what a wife you would be. It'd be amazing having this expert, right? <laughs> Okay, wonderful. You get it. <laughs> Thank you. Mark. And I, have, um, I haven't done a lot of interviews uh, online, but I have had a lot of meetings online. One thing I find quite annoying is what also sits in the background of somebody. So just make sure that your setting is also appropriate. You're not doing it in the kitchen with a you know, rack of dirty dishes or something. <laughs> so just make sure that you're, you're appropriate to what you're about to be interviewed for. Great. Thank you, Thank you Mark. Um, show of hands, do we have any more questions? I think I saw a couple of hands up before. I'm just wondering, uh, 
for the panel as as people as interviewers how do you navigate like potential biases in terms of um i guess age at the moment has been a big one with um like older people going into the workforce um and finding it difficult to find jobs how do you how do you navigate that as an interviewer I've worked in the transition space, assisting people transition from a redundancy back into the workforce, and it is a real concern for older people, and I'll put myself in that bracket. And the reality is by the time you get to an interview, they know you. So I would suggest that if you are a little bit older, embrace the strengths that you have by having a life history, because if you have five years experience here and you've got 15 years experience here, you'll have a a life experience of teamwork, collaboration, all the soft skills that is to your advantage but also then maybe de-age yourself in, in clever ways in your resume so that um, you know, it could be experienced prior to a cutoff date, means that it breaks that bias of age before they meet you. They will Google you, they will look at your LinkedIn, so make sure you have a good professional LinkedIn. But if I'm interested enough to look at you on LinkedIn, you've already gone through the first hoop. And personally, I didn't mind. I've, I've employed people who are older than me as sales representatives as their first sales um, role, and they were brilliant. But I knew as a manager, I needed to give them longer to learn, but their work ethic and their ability to, their stickability to the role was so much greater. Wonderful, thank you. Anything to add, guys? So I'm the same. I employ people older than me in my team, and I didn't do it on purpose, but they were the best person for the role. So when we were talking earlier about um, showing your personality so we can see how you would fit in our teams, um, if you are gonna fit in the team, it doesn't matter what age you are or what sex you are or what ethnicity you are, um, because that's like, we already know you can do the job if you seem like a nice person I want to work with on a day to day and and you're going to fit in my team, then you're done. (laughs) Great, I concur as well, Mark. Yeah, absolutely, lovely, thank you. This gentleman here I think is next. Um, You said before that the interviewee should be interviewing the interviewer as much as is happening the other way around. Can you please clarify what you meant by that? So you need to be careful about how you do it um, but I would, but you'd be wanting to get a feel for the culture. So it is really important that you actually understand the culture and the, so you could ask simple questions like, tell me, I'd be curious to understand what you love most about working here yourself. Yep. Because that gives you a really nice insight as to what gets them up. What, what they love about the company. It could be, uh, you know, I, I noticed that this has happened in the news, here's your research. I wonder if, or could you, ex- could you help me understand how? Now you notice the softer language that I'm using around that. So choose your words, you're not interrogating them, but you, are, you do need to understand more about the type of role. How do you know you would have them, what's the biggest challenge in the next six months for this role? Such because a good question, write that down guys. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, asking what, how would my, how would my success be measured in the role in the next three months, next six months, whatever time frame you choose, is the best question I think you can ask an interviewer. Um, and I agree. Find all about the culture. Find out about what makes the workplace tick. What things they're really excited and passionate about. Because the same way we can see that from you, you'll be able to see that from us. And the more engaged they are at the end, like if, the, if you find that you ask that question towards the end, because that's often your opportunity to, 
if they're getting really passionate and selling the company and the role to you, you can go, tick, I'm in the running. Okay, because the more interested they are in showing how brilliant the place is, the more likely they are interested in having you join them. Make sure you're not being interviewed for their role. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, Probably thank one, you. Probably one last little tip is that um, what I always impresses me is that um, are there opportunities um, for professional development within what you're doing and, and how do they look within the company? And generally, when do they come online? If, you, if you're successful after your probation, is that something that would happen in the first year or the second year? Because I think those leading questions show that you have probably more of a, a passion for those positions and you intend to be there for a while. Wonderful. Thank you, Mark. Um, I think we've got time for one more question. Yep. Um, thank you guys, such awesome, awesome tips. I'm glad I came in today. Um, my question is about, um, so I'm a mum of two. Uh, coming to an interview, how do you use that as a point that you've got such awesome organisational skills and you're on task and focused, but also there are times when you actually need to go away and take care of sick kids or emergencies and things like that. Does that come out in an interview or do you hide that? Uh, well, for, uh, I can jump into that because I've just employed a lady because of her situation with kids and she's a single mum and the fact that she's got to get her kids off to school in the morning and be there when they get home, I think that's a really good strong quality. I only wanted her for, for about six hours a day so that fitted in. To me, I don't think you should hide anything. Certainly that shouldn't be the first thing that came out of your mouth. Um, but if, if it is sort of throughout the process you're comfortable to, to bring that type of thing up or if there was a question around personal circumstances, you may then reveal that information. But I see that as a... Because understanding that you're working in your job, that you also have a life, so you need to understand that. I think it's definitely important to say it. It will... It will come up fairly easily in that first question of tell us a bit about yourself. I'm a mother of two. Uh, this is how old my children are. I also like to garden. I don't know, I'm assuming things of your life. And then if it is something that is a concern of you that you would want flexible um, hours, I would find a way to bring that up as well. I'm not saying every employer is going to be receptive to it. Um, it may be a downfall for you if they definitely want someone there from 8.30 to 5 and that's not something you can commit to. It may be something that gets you out at the point. But if you can show, I can do a full day's equivalent work in six hours and here's an example of when I've done it before. So actually, not just yes, I can do it, but here's proof I have done this, then there's no reason, apart from operational reasons for that business, that, that that should be a problem. And I just adjust something a little bit. I probably wouldn't bring up mother of two at the beginning. I would probably bring it up at the end after they know me and like me and like my skill set. So through, and I might bring it more towards the end going, um, you know, when I have any questions for me, yes, um, I'm a mother of two, very passionate and, you know, sometimes life gets in the way. Does the organisation have work, flexible working arrangements? Would that be something we'd be able to manage? Um, and I will also share a real world story just really quickly. There was a lady who interviewed for, it was for a five month project um, and she was pregnant, but you couldn't see. 
and she would be having her baby during that project. And so I had, I had her for a mock interview and we discussed the pros and cons and she came to the, her own conclusion that she would disclose her pregnancy and that she would have the child during the project and that she also then disclosed how she was going to manage continuing in that project. Now she was concerned that that would stop her from getting the role but she actually got it because she was honest. They thought that was brilliant. It created that further connection. So we are all humans. We hire the person, the whole person. We don't just hire the skills. Wonderful, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to uh, wrap up the panel there because we're at 2.50, so we're not late um, for the next one. But thank you for, um, to our panel members, authentic and genuine, and I'm sure that the audience, um, you've certainly got some good um, tips and tricks. Uh, please feel free to come up and ask some questions afterwards as well, but uh, join me for a big round of applause.